Well, good morning to you again, and I hope you will pray for me during the time that we're uh, before you here this morning. Uh, I think as uh, as a way maybe to just uh, transition from some things that we talked about here over the last couple of Sundays, uh, I will uh, maybe try to begin at a place uh, in the fifteenth chapter of the book of John. Uh, but uh, Lord willing, we will we will move forward from that portion of Scripture. Uh, but make a, make a note as to why I'm why I'm starting there in the fifteenth chapter of the book of John. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I have been uh, made to meditate upon, I guess, uh, over the course of the past week, is just thinking about how, as we gather together here on a on a Sunday morning, and uh, as we think about each and every day that we that uh, we go through, uh, but. Uh, as we come together here this morning, what we're what we're gathered together here for is we're not gathered here to attend church. Uh, we're gathered together to worship God, and so we're we're here to to worship Him by praising Him through song, uh, by beseeching Him in prayer, and by the preaching of God's word. So, in that, uh, uh, as we do this, I guess I, part of what I've been thinking about over the last week is. Do we enjoy or rejoice in the things that God rejoices in? Uh, I think as we gather together here on a Sunday morning, uh, I think God rejoices to see His people gathered together. So, are we rejoicing to be here? I I mean, you know, just... Uh, kind of like the guy said in the movie one time, just a question, you know. Uh, one of those things that you think about, are we, are we rejoicing in being in the service of God? And I think uh, if we aren't, we should be. Uh, and if uh, uh, we'd, I'd like to look at some things this morning uh, related to uh, rejoicing and, and, and the fact that God calls on us to be joyful. Uh, more th- more than maybe we think about. So, uh, is it is it always easy to be joyful if we think upon the right things? I think maybe it is. Uh, but a lot of times our our minds get distracted with the troubles of life, uh, whether it's the sicknesses that face us or our family members, or whether it's the uh, the world situation and the national situation. Sometimes we get too bogged down in all of those things. And we fail to see the joy that God would have us to have in just day-to-day living. In the 15th chapter of the book of, book of John, and I'm going to dive into a portion of Scripture, but I've preached on the 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th chapters several different times this year. Uh, but he says, uh, uh, says this beginning with verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You'll recognize down below this uh, where he talks about this is my commandment, that you love one another. Uh, And as we go into verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. It sounds like to me part of the way that one of the things that God would have us to rejoice in and be joyful in is keeping the commandments of God. 
A lot of times we get the idea that the keeping God's commandments like love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and thy neighbor as thyself, and all the subparticles of the Ten Commandments that we could put with that, and to love one another, uh, which is the new and great commandment that he gives this gives us, beginning with uh, the 13th chapter of the book of John, that we love one another as Christ has loved us. Uh, I think sometimes we do that as a drudgery. Uh, a lot of times, instead of being joyful and happy about the fact, I get to love God who first loved me, and I get to love one another, and I get to love uh, doing good to others and having a joyful heart about these things. Uh, we, we take on the attitude of, well, I have to get up and go to church this morning. Or I have to go serve this person and do this thing for someone. Today's the day. Today's my day to go and do this. Today, you know, almost in a mournful, sorrowful sounding way, instead of taking the, the pleasure and joy of what God has given us the opportunity to serve Him and to serve others and to be maybe a blessing to someone in, in our lives. Uh, and so we somehow or another, we as God's people, uh, you know, I was talking about it last week, that this, in the last couple of weeks, you know, this new commandment have we has God given to us that we love one another as He's loved us. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. Well, okay, so one way, one mark that's supposed to set us apart uh, uh, from the rest of the world is the love that we have one to another here among the church. But uh, another thing I think is that we do it with joy and not with sorrow and that we uh, are happy to be able to be in his presence and in your presence and in uh, serving him and serving him by serving others and all the things that we do. Uh, <laughs> I can think about uh, young parents out here this morning uh, uh, and, and uh, what they have to do to train their children up. Uh, if we're not careful, it can become a drudgery uh, rather than a joy to have to try to continue to maintain discipline and maintain uh, the right spirit and the right attitude. And God would have us, I think, to be joyful and remember God has given us a great gift. God has given us the gift of a young child and a presence in our lives and uh, to train up and to teach the things of, of God's Word. So these things, he said, verse 11, these things, talking about keeping His commandments and bearing fruit and all this stuff that he talks about there in the first part of John 15, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. If we turn over to 1 John, and we'll turn over to the book of 1 John, uh, and also look at this. Again, as we noted last week, uh, John uh, didn't forget a lot of the things that the Lord taught him. And uh, so we find in the third and fourth chapter of 1 John, he repeats this commandment of love one another. Uh, here in the book of 1, uh, in the epistle of John, 1 John, he says, uh, that which was from the beginning, chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Talking about Christ. That which we've, uh, we've said was from the beginning, uh, 
you know, if anybody would doubt whether or not Jesus Christ was in the very beginning, Christ said he was in the beginning, uh, uh, that he spoke this world into existence through the word of God, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that etern- that showing to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So John goes through this long, complicated statement here in verses 1 and 2 of 1 John to tell us, I'm telling you what I've seen and what with my own eyes and what I've handled with my own hands about Christ, the word of life, which is eternal life and which was from the beginning, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with uh, is with the father and his father and with his son Jesus Christ these things write we unto you that your joy may be full again what's going to make our joy be be full it's in knowing that the word that we're hearing is the truth that John was an eyewitness to these things uh, and that he's seen him he's touched him he's handled him uh, he's been with him and and he says uh, these things I'm writing to you so that you might have fellowship one with another uh, fellowship communion love uh, uh, charity one to another uh, that you might have fellowship one with another and that you're and I write these things to you that your joy may be full. He's wanting our joy to be to the fullest. Christ wanted our joy to be to the fullest. Uh, uh, and our and uh, we, what do we find joy in? I think that's kind of begins to be the the whole question: is what is our joy in? Is our joy uh, in fellowship one with another? Uh, the fact that we're gathered together with God's children here this morning, does that bring us joy or, or do we find more joy uh, watching this game or that game or whatever else it might be? Is that where, we, is that where our joy is? Uh, he's telling us, let your joy be in the service and in the presence of God and the presence of God's people. Let, our, let that be our joy be full in these things. And so uh, as we think about it this morning, uh, well, let's turn over to the to the book of Psalms. Some of you might guess where one of the places I could go, but uh, let's turn to the hundredth Psalm this morning. Uh, and for he, for, uh, the, the, as the psalmist uh, wrote these things down, he tells us here in the hundredth Psalm, "Do what? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Uh, <clears throat> serve the Lord with gladness." You know, as we as we think about coming here this morning, uh, as we sing as we sing the songs, I know sometimes we come in and somebody says, "Well, I'm tired this morning. Oh, I'm you know I'm just barely getting in the door and so forth." But you know what? There's a lot of people can't get in the door, and a lot of people can't get out of the house. Uh, and so we come here and we open up the songbook and we begin to sing songs. Uh, uh, and, and this is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us do what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in the day which God has given us. Uh, let us rejoice uh, in, in all of this. Uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, come into His presence presence with 
singing. Uh, let us come as we come into the presence of God and God comes into our presence. Let us be joyful. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice in being able to sing a song of praise to him. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. That ought to make us uh, joyful to know that there's one that knows all about us, knows about our needs, knows about our cares, knows about our health needs. I, as, uh, as we come here on a Sunday morning, and if we go through prayer requests, uh, we're, uh, we're always, uh, I think, praying and, and trusting and praying to God. We've got those that are our, our spouses that have cancer and our uncles that have cancer and our neighbors that have cancer and our friends that have cancer and, and all of these things. And, and, and we're coming here and we're praying for this. Don't you, aren't, we, aren't we glad to know that as we come into his presence, knowing that the Lord, he is God. He knows what our concerns are. He knows what our needs are. And as we pour our hearts out in prayer and we ask for those to be healed that have various sicknesses and troubles and problems, God knows all about it. Uh, it it's not like he's unaware of our circumstances. Uh, he wants us to bring our requests to him uh, and, and let our requests be made known to him. Now, I, I, you know, sometimes I can tell you, sometimes our prayer request is for them to be totally healed, totally well, and totally cured of whatever problem is facing them. And sometimes God's answer is no. <laughs> and that's hard. That's hard for us to understand. Why would God possibly say no? Well, I can tell you, I don't have the answers to all of that, but I know he understands. And I, I can tell you this, uh, as, as kindly as I know how to say this, being passing out of this life and passing on to the next life is not the worst thing that ever happened. To, and, and, to, to, it's sad for those of us that are behind, but for the one that passes on, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, to them. Uh, and so uh, help us learn to be joyful in knowing uh, that God knows uh, the circumstance, the situation, and uh, <clears throat> And to know and understand God cares more than we do. So I tell you that, isn't that hard to understand? God cares more than we do. Uh, and so for us to come around and wrestle sometimes that his decision is not our decision. His ways are not our ways. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Uh, we belong to him. He owns us. We're His. Why should we come into the uh, to the gates uh, with singing? Why should we come in with gladness? Why should we make a, no a joyful noise? Because He's the shepherd. He's watching over us. He cares for the flock. He feeds us. He cares for us. Uh, he's going to take us home with Him one of these days. Let us come into His courts with singing and be glad and make a joyful noise to Him. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his presence. Be thankful. It's a, uh, there's so much about service, I think, of, to God that begins with our attitude. 
What is our attitude about, about serving God? Are we joyful? Are we thankful? Are we, are we glad? Are we, are we just uh, tolerating coming to church on a Sunday morning? Are we glad to come to the house of God and be in His presence, make a joyful noise to Him, and to sing praises unto Him? Do we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise? Be thankful unto Him. And bless His name. Praise Him. Praise His name with all that we have within us. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. Boy, I'm telling you, there's enough joy right there for us to be thankful. Uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I would get concerned, you know, is, is the truth of God's Word going to continue to be preached here in this old country? Well, it's going to endure to all generations because God said it would. I trust and pray that it endures here and in your family and in your life and in our lives. But, you know, there's some things we're going to have to do uh, to serve Him and to praise Him and to seek Him and to be thankful to Him for it to continue in our lives, the lives of my little grandchildren, uh, there's going to take a diligence of service and worship and care for them, for they, for them to enjoy the same things that we've enjoyed all the days that we've grown up. It's going to take some work and effort on our part. Uh, but God has promised us uh, it is going to endure. Uh, we find today there's those that are serving Him in Africa, there are those that are serving Him uh, in the truth of God's Word in other places. Uh, but uh, we're not promised it's going to be right right here for us, except we continue to serve and to strive and to care and worship Him uh, ourselves. So as we turn and look at some things, uh, let us uh, be full of joy. Let us be full of praise. Let us be thankful uh, unto Him uh, because He is the good shepherd that watches over us uh, here in uh, here in this old life in which we live. So let's turn back, let's turn back over if we can uh, to a place that we find in the book of Hebrews. Because if we be, if if we're to be joyful, uh, where is one of our, where is our our example, or one of our examples? Let's turn to the twelfth chapter of the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> if we look at the, if we look at the eleventh chapter of the book of Hebrews, which you would have to go through the whole thing, we've done that in previous times and experiences here of looking at looking at the Word of God. But going through the eleventh chapter of the book of Hebrews is all about those great people of faith and how they served God. Everyone from Abraham to Moses to, to Noah to uh, uh, Isaac to Jacob to Joseph and so forth. All of those are mentioned here in this book, book in, uh, of, of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And as he's looking back to those great men of faith, and, and, and pressing forward toward things, he looks in the uh, 12th chapter of this book of Hebrews and says, Wherefore, seeing all of these people that have been and through great trial and trouble, I mean, do we have to go and look at a fellow like by the name of, of Joseph or a fellow by the name of Abraham and see how they, how they continued to have faith in God? I'm not saying they were perfect in faith, uh, like every second of every minute of every day, believing and trusting in everything of God. But in general, they continued to serve God and have faith in God, even in terrible situations. Abraham 
Abraham uh, continued to have faith in God and God's promises, even though it took years in his life before he and Sarah had a child that God had told them they were going to have. It took years for Joseph to be in that place of authority, uh, the second uh, number two man in the land of Egypt, even though he had a dream as a young boy that all of his brethren and his mom and daddy were all going to bow down to him. Uh, and even though he ended up in, uh, sold off into slavery, ended up in prison, all these things that happened to him. But Joseph continued to be a man of faith and a man of faithfulness to God. So in the 12th chapter, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. As we go, uh, I can't run Joseph's race. Boy, glad I don't have to run that one. Uh, uh, I can't run Moses' race. I can't run Abraham's race or Isaac's or Jacob or any of these other, or Sarah or any of these others that are named here in this portion of Scripture. What I can do is run my race. Uh, whatever my course is in my life, in my challenges that I'm facing here in life, that's the race I have to run. And he says, we're to do this looking back, seeing that we have all these great cloud of witnesses that even through trial and trouble and discouragement and problems in their life, continued to trust God for the outcome and what he would do for them. Seeing that we have all of these witnesses laid out before us, let us run this race with patience, uh, uh, the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus. How do you run this race? You run it by looking unto Jesus. And he tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And now he gives you the example of Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Let's think about this fellow by the name of Jesus for just a minute if we can. Jesus, uh, uh, one who had lived in glory, who had lived in the eternal heavens, always in the presence of the Father, uh, took on the job, if you want to call it that, or the assignment of leaving aside all the glory, all the honor. I mean... If, it, if you think about it from a fleshly standpoint, maybe, maybe we should even couch it as thinking about uh, an earthly king. Uh, my, bro my brother had, had taken a trip uh, over into uh, Norway and ended up going to, uh, to Russia, uh, to St. Petersburg. Him and his wife took a little trip over there. You know, and He was showing me some of the pictures of some of the palaces of the people, especially those in St. Petersburg, Russia. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, you know, I, I looked at those pictures. I said, no wonder the Russian people revolted against the, uh, the aristocracy over there. You've never seen so much gold inside a building in your life. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm not talking about statues. I'm talking about every ornament of everything around every window, around every wall, gold leaf and gold cover and gold this and gold... It's the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen in my life. But uh, say, well, why are you telling us this, Brother Charles? Okay, so I'm telling you this because those people had people that were waiting on them night and day. Whatever their needs were, whatever their thoughts might be. Uh, so you think about a king or a prince or someone in that situation and how they're cared for and taken care of and how they're exalted and puffed up and everything that, that, that comes before them. Would it be hard for one of them to just say, well, I think I'm going to lay all of this aside. I'm going to go out and live like a peasant for a while. 
Oh, that's, that'd be hard, right? Now, now, now you're down in the dirt, you're down in the grime, you're down, you're not sitting in the palace, everything clean, everybody waiting, every meal taken care of, every need provided for. Well, that might be an earthly example, okay? But think about Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God forever in eternity with uh, God the Father. And, and what do you have? You have angels, uh, and, cherubims and seraphims and all these creatures there around you and you know what you hear constantly holy 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 lord god almighty i mean that you know from if 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 god was flesh okay which he's not but if god was flesh i mean boy you would have to be so lifted up at all of this to think there are angels there are thousands and thousands of angels that are praising my name continuously and i'm going to leave this to go and die and to be beaten and to be talked ugly about and to be cast down and, just, and all those things that are going to happen and eventually be nailed to a cross. I'm going to do this. <clears throat> Jesus, uh, he tells us that we're to lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race set before us. Doing what? Looking unto Jesus, uh, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that considered uh, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So what is he telling us here? He said, someday when you think you're having a bad day, Someday when you're having a discouraging day, someday when things aren't going your way, someday when things, when your health is not what it should be, someday when you're feeling sorry for yourself, he said, think about Jesus who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, the creator of all things, who laid aside all of his glory and went to a cross and died for you and me. Consider this when you're having a bad day and ask yourself, are you really having a bad day, uh, but consider him which endured such contradiction, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Sometimes we get weary and faint in our minds before we get weary and faint in reality. We get tired of it. Isn't that what happens a lot of times today when it comes to child training? I know, I know some folks have been to child uh, to a great class in the last day or two. But isn't that what happens to us a lot of times is and when we're trying to take care and train our children like they should be? We get tired in our minds before we get tired physically. Mentally, we just get run down with it. You know, do I have to do this one more time and tell them one more time to stop that? Do I have to tell them one more time to get out of that? Do I have to tell them one more time to pick up and do this and to sit down and be quiet? Do I have to do this one more time? And the answer is yes. Uh, But we get wearied and faint in our minds before we get wearied and faint physically. What happens to marriages? People get uh, wearied in in their mind before they get wearied physically. Uh, They begin to think of all the reasons why they're not as joyful and as happy uh, and things aren't going as well as they should be, as they think they should be in their minds. Uh, And so they begin to make an excuse and their mind takes over to them. He says, consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, who left all the glory of heaven, where constantly there were those praising his name, singing glory and hallelujah unto him, uh, holy, holy, holy. Uh, Think of this one who left aside all of that to come and go to a cross and die for you and me. And he did it, he said, 
for the joy that was set before him. You know, the joy, the joy doesn't come in what you're going through right then. The joy comes through in looking at the outcome. I used to say this a lot uh, years ago, uh, but uh, I'll repeat it now. I don't know why I'm on childhood. You see, y'all have done this to me this morning. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. But if you, think, if you think about this, I've made this comment before with my children. I said, you know, when they were, when they were 6, 5, 4, 10, 11, 12, 13 or whatever, I wasn't raising a 5-year-old or a 12-year-old. I was raising a 21-year-old. Because the joy doesn't come from the day-to-day things of raising a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old. The joy comes from seeing the outcome of what they might be one of these days when they're 21. If you've trained them up right and stayed consistent in what you're doing all along the way. Now, if you don't do that... It may not be a joy of seeing a 21-year-old or a 23-year-old or a 25-year-old. It may be a great sorrow to your heart. But you've got to keep the long term in view instead of the day-to-day troubling situations. If Jesus Christ had said, well, look at this. All I'm getting is, is, uh, is nailed to a cross and a spear stuck in my side and have all the, uh, the flesh taken off my back. If that's what this is all about, you know what Jesus knew it was all about? Jesus knew it was all about purchasing a bride. Jesus knew it was all about uh, purchasing the one that the Father gave to him through his shed blood. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about what he had to endure, what he had to sacrifice and what he had to go through. And life is a sacrifice. Life is truly a sacrifice for ourselves and for our families. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's turn let's turn back to some other scriptures. Let's turn over to the Philippian letter. And there are several places that we might could turn, I guess, to look at some of these some of these verses this morning. But if we if we go into the Philippian letter, the apostle Paul writes a lot to the Philippians about the joy that he had in knowing them and the joy that they had shown in their service to God. If we turn over to the uh, to the fourth chapter of this same book of uh, Philippians, he tells us, uh, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, long for my joy and crown. Think of how think of how preciously he talked about these people. Now, the Philippian brethren were those that had sent had sent care packages to the Apostle Paul, if you want to call it that, I'll call it a care package. They had sent a care package to him while he was in prison in Rome. He's going through all this trial, all this house arrest, all this trouble that he's facing. And as he's doing this, the, the Apostle Paul comes, uh, comes back and writes to them. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved." Don't fall away. Stand fast in your service to God and the things that you're doing. I beseech you, you odious, and I beseech Sintichi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your moderation be known uh, to all men. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice. Listen, brethren, uh, how we're to serve him is to rejoice, uh, to have joy in our hearts, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God served us uh, for the joy that was set before him. Let us remember the joy that will be set before us in a long and prosperous life. When I think about... When I think about my children and my grands, particularly my grandchildren these days, sometimes it's hard for them to see that the joyful life is the life that's free, freed from so much pain and agony of things that are suffering in the world today. Uh, so, many, so many in our county here are, are addicted to drugs. Uh, and it ruins their lives, it ruins their marriages, it ruins their, fa- ruins their families. Uh, all of these things afflict them. So to see and to say, you know, being in, in church and in service to God and in service around His people and being joyful about coming here and being thankful to be able to come to God's place, sometimes it seems like, how can we think of this as being joyful? Joyful is being out on the playground. Joyful is sitting down watching the TV. Joyful is playing video games. Joyful is doing all of these things. But if we think about where is true joy at, true joy comes from a peaceful, happy, blessed life in service to one another and in service to God. So he tells us here, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or full of care for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. Learn to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be thankful. Have a thankful heart. You know, can we lay down even at the end of a bad day uh, and look and say, you know what, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for blessing me to live through another day. Thank you for having, for blessing me to have the health of another day. Lord, just help make me to have more of a thankful heart for the blessings that I have in my life. You know, there's places, me and Brother Bucky have been over, and Brother Adam have been over to places in the world where Sister Sharon, Sister Loretta, and others have been to places where getting one meal a day is all you get. <clears throat> and you know what? The people are thankful to have one meal a day. And that one meal usually consists of ground up dried corn mixed with a little bit of dirty water half the time, uh, mixed up with dirty water. And they eat it and they rejoice and they're glad to have something to put in their stomach and make it through another day. Here we are most of the time in this country. Here we are this morning. We're sitting in a building that's air conditioned with lights, with padded benches. Uh, most of us were able to get here in some type of motorized vehicle. I don't think I saw any bicycles or, uh, or anybody walking up in the parking lot this morning. Most of us able to get transportation to get here. Uh, uh, most of us had clean water. We had something for breakfast this morning. And at the end of the day, we ought to say, you know what? I'm thankful to God for all the blessings in my life. I have so much to be thankful for. Uh, children, grandchildren, blessings. You know what the Bible says about children? The Bible 
Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord, uh, that the fruit of the womb is the gift of God. Uh, so when we've been blessed with children, we've been blessed with a gift that comes from Him. Uh, and you know what God does for those of us that have children? Uh, he blesses us and equips us. If He gives us the gift of children, He equips us to be able to take care of those children and to train up those children and to guide them in life's purposes and life's trials and troubles so that they can be a blessing to others in their lives. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be thankful unto God for all the things that God has placed. You know what? Uh, If it pleases God and God is happy to see us assemble together here this morning, shouldn't our joy be in the same place God's joy is, that we're thankful to be here, we're glad to be here, we're glad to praise His name. Let us rejoice in these things. Let's turn over one more place. Let's turn over to the 15th chapter of the book of Romans. And there's probably a lot I could go through to get to the verses that I want to get to. But anyway, we'll do this anyway. Let's try, let's try, let's try starting with the seventh verse, the 15th chapter is what I want to do. And I'll read down and then we'll use this to close out with here this morning. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. We ought to, I really would love to go back to the 14th, 14th chapter of the book of Romans because I was looking through that and it's talking about not judging one another according to your meats and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Some people eat meat. Some people don't eat meat. Some people are vegetarians. And it's telling us not to make this a a test of fellowship one way or the other about whether somebody's doing this. So he gets over here. He says, receive you one another as Christ also received us uh, to the glory of God. Now I say that that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that... And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written for this cause, I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, for his, for his, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. That's us, by the way. Uh, praise, ye the, praise ye the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill ye with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If we look at this last verse here, this 14th, this 13th verse, now the God of hope fill ye with all joy and peace in believing. Do we have do we have joy and peace because we believe that Jesus Christ is our savior? Paul is writing to the people here at the Roman in the Roman letter and saying, "Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound be overflowing in hope." When we've got joy and peace, we will abound and overflow with with hope and peace ourselves through the power of the Holy Ghost. God really does want us to be joyful. I'm afraid we've lost our joy in service to God. And I want to see it return. 
I want to encourage you to think about this, to meditate upon this. You say, well, brother, what does Brother Charles seen that I'm not? I'm just telling you in general, I think we have all lost the joy of our service to God. And when we lose the joy of our service to God, we lose the joy of our service to one another. And our joy in, in assembly and gathering together. Why, why are so many people not gathered together? They're looking for joy and happiness in so many places besides the house of God. And let, let it be that with the way we sing and the way we praise, the way we love one another, that joy returns to us in our service right here. And that joy becomes a part of our lives so that our joy might be full. And that we might enjoy the things that God enjoys. We've been talking a lot on Wednesday nights about Leviticus. God delighted uh, in them giving their sacrifices to him so that they might draw closer to him. Let our sacrifices this morning be with a joyful heart in our service and of our time and our, 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 our assembly together to sing praises and pray and worship him while we're here. May God bless you. I hope our joy is more more abundant and more abounding and more overflowing in our lives as we come together and worship Him in this place. May God bless you is our prayer.